what are the measures of a life well lived? The first measure is being intact. Do I feel physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, and financially intact? Have I lived a clean and decent life? Do I feel comfortable in my own skin? Have I measured up to my own sense of integrity? My answer is yes, absolutely. Welcome to Create New Futures. Thought-provoking conversations with leaders, experts, and interesting minds. Join us as we explore ideas and reflect on practices that you can use and apply to create and shape the future. With your host, author and strategy consultant, Aviv Shahar. This is Aviv with a new episode of Create New Futures. And this one brings the focus to the measures of a life well lived. Recently, I was asked the following question. At this point in your life and entrepreneurial journey, how do you feel about the life you've lived and what you've been able to accomplish? It was curious because until that moment, this was a question that I did not ask myself, which is why it was so causative for me. Good questions act like springboards, and this question did just that. It served as a springboard to activating a practice that I apply in my own process and with my clients. I ask myself, what is the best way to approach this exploration? What pathway or framework can help me encompass and address the issue at hand most lucidly and in the most comprehensive way? This practice of a reflective pause where I resist the temptation to immediately jump to answering the question, helps me reframe questions and opportunities and challenges in ways that expand my thinking by increasing, sometimes dramatically, the number of possible responses. On this occasion, I reflected on the original question with gratitude for the opportunities afforded to me, and it catalyzed the following framing question. What are the measures of a life well lived? Framing question is a pathway that enables me to explore the terrain of how I feel. Let me explain. We live in a time where for many feelings frame their thinking. I propose that you consider and play with reversing that flow, by which I mean letting the context and the framing shape your feelings. Reversing this flow is especially pertinent in the longitudinal context of reflecting on your journey. If you are like most people, unless you apply deliberation, your feelings are shaped by what you experienced during your upbringing, as well as by what others feel. This combination turns up in the form of an auto-suggestion about what you should feel. The point is that a central aspect of personal growth is breaking free of your conditioning and the auto-suggestion of the herd mentality. In this case, I've used the framing question about the measures of a life well lived as a fulcrum that catapulted my reflection into a place that's free of those auto-responders. By claiming a clear mental space a space in which I can think and feel for myself, one that defies the auto-suggestive responses 
of what I should or should not be feeling, I already feel awesome. A research by Facebook supports my contention that one's moods and feelings are influenced heavily by one's conditioning. The company recently admitted that its findings reveal that passive surfing on social platforms tends to have a negative impact on people's moods and on their feelings about themselves. That's exactly right. That exposure triggers the conditioning of what you think you should be feeling about a whole variety of topics, from well-being, from health, to politics, and all of the rest. Back to our main focus. Here is what transpired during my reflection on the question that was asked of me. Initially, my response appeared as a five-fold consideration. Upon reflection, as I capture this framework in writing for this article, I added one additional element. And so here are those six measures for you to reflect on. My hope is that by listening and internalizing how I approach this question, that you ask yourself concurrently, how will you evaluate your journey? Your answer will ultimately be your own definition of the measures of a life well lived. Okay, so here we go. What are the measures of a life well lived? The first measure is being intact. Do I feel physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, and financially intact? Have I lived a clean and decent life? Do I feel comfortable in my own skin? Have I measured up to my own sense of integrity? My answer is yes, absolutely. There is a quality of wholesomeness and well-being that accompanies the sense of intactness. It's the feeling that arises from living a life that treats others with decency, a life that is true to its intent, and where the measure of integrity brings a sense of personal dignity. In an earlier episode, I reflected on the five dimensions of integrity. I still have much work to do inside this framework, especially on Integrity Dimension 3, which is releasing one's fullest potential to contribute, and on Dimension 5, which talks about congruency with purpose. The second measure of a life well lived is awareness. Am I present? Have I been fully aware in the variety of situations in which I have found myself? Have I been open to the possibilities, meanings, and context? Am I living a life of awareness right here, right now? My answer is that I feel that I generally have been present in my life, even if often quite imperfectly. In my 40s, I recognized that I tended to worry too much. Being anxious about what will happen next is an unhealthy conditioning that detracts from the ability to appreciate the current moment and be fully present right here, right now. I also recognized that to be fully present, I must be able to look at a situation unto itself and at the same time see its opportunity inside a greater field of possibility to see the single tree in front of me and concurrently see it as part of the forest. This awareness enables me to respond to opportunities and be present. 
The third measure is growth. Am I learning and growing? Have I recognized and applied the learning that was available through the experiences I encountered? My answer is yes. I feel that I am learning every day. Actually, I have made learning my profession throughout my career. Learning and growth comprise the core of my consulting and coaching business. I will probably continue to grow and learn to my last day. That's my plan. When our son Idan was six years old, he's now 30 and the CEO of his own company, I decided that my most important legacy as a parent is not how smart or wise I am, nor is it what I do or accomplish. I decided that a more important legacy is demonstrating openly and consistently that I am forever a work in progress. In my 30s, through my 40s, and now in my late 50s, I remain a work in progress. I expect to be learning, growing, and evolving into my 70s and 80s, and probably my 90s and beyond. The fourth measure is contribution. Am I contributing? Do I live a surplus life? Have I generated and contributed a greater return for what was afforded to me in this world? Or have I taken more than I have repaid? If being given a life is a form of universal investment, am I a good investment that offers a positive yield? Is this world a better place because I'm here? Well, the contribution question represents the tally of a life. In part, this is beyond our ability to know and or measure. We each leave a mark with the people we touch in ways that we often cannot calculate. My answer is that I feel good about the contributions I've made. I have worked and continue to work consciously and deliberately to improve the situations of those I've encountered. This is about operating with the intention that every situation that you walk into, you live it a little better because you were there, because you engaged with the people at that moment in time. And so I hope to be able to continue to generate surplus for many years to come. The fifth measure is love. Have I loved and have I been loved? Do I bring joy to the people I love? Do I experience joy and love? Love is the second most confusing word in the dictionary. God, of course, being the first. There are many kinds of love, such as romantic, erotic, parental, and devotional love. Love may be found in the joy of physical exertion and in the breaking out to greater opportunity and freedom. And love can be found in the state of flow and in the creative process. Love may take the form of kindness and compassion, or it may open and create space. The highest forms of love come without the need or expectations of reciprocity. You love others for who they are, free of the transactional equation of what you get from them. You can love an idea, a place, or an object for what it represents, and it is simply the state of loving that fills you beyond anything else. The receiving is in the loving. You need no other additional return. In spiritual terms, this kind of love of another person 
appreciates and celebrates who he or she is at her or his essence. To truly appreciate the essence of the other person, you must first appreciate your own essence, discovering who you are as a human being, over and above what you do and what you have. Joy and pain are two accompanying natures that join the experience of being a spirit inside a body. An invisible presence and essence inside a transitory physical form. You cannot live a full life without experiencing pain. Joy and pain are present together inside love, inside life. My answer is yes, I have and I do love and am being loved. Learning to recognize my own essence and the essence in other people, the good person inside them, is a discovery journey that I've been on for most of my adult life. I still am on this journey, and I cherish the experiences and the relationships that fill my life with love as I continue to unfold and discover this path. The sixth measure is purpose. Am I serving a greater purpose? Am I living into this purpose today? Have I helped the people I met and worked with increase their self-insight and realize more of their opportunities to achieve their purpose? My answer is yes, I am. At the same time, I feel that there is so much more that I can and want to be able to do. Living into purpose produces a sense of alignment, well-being, and robust connectedness that transforms my experience. By serving a cause bigger than self, I am joined here and now by a grace and benefaction that will last beyond the short time I am here on this earth. That knowledge adds an inner glow to my life and is a source of my resilient power. So when you put these six measures in a pyramid framework, you have at the foundation, at the bottom of this pyramid, the measure of being intact, and then right above it, being present and aware, and above that, being able to learn and grow in every situation, and right above that, making a contribution, and then above that, love and be loved, and then on top of that, living on purpose and into purpose. So this framework offers a reflective angle. It is clearly far from being complete. For example, a great many people rightfully suggest that the measure of a life well lived is found in the family and the friendships that you cultivate. I agree. My own experience is that inside family and friendship, and in fact inside a purposeful company and community, we can find a sense of growing intactness and awareness, learning and development, opportunities to make purposeful contribution, and find love and be loved, and live our lives with purpose. Ultimately, a life well lived is known in the people you impact and touch. Now it's your turn. Turn the key. How do you feel about your life? What are your measures for evaluating a life well lived? As a result of your reflection, what will you stop doing? And what will you start doing? Creating new futures always begin right here, right now, in this moment, 
in the importances we become present to and choose to act on. Being intact, being present, learning and growing, making a contribution, living with love and on purpose are qualities to be found and cultivated right here, right now, not in some other future time, but in the future that begins today.